1: Hello, listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. The holidays are upon us, and Ohio Mysteries wants to thank you for tuning in two times a week to listen to our show. Please tell a friend or family member about us. It is the fastest way we can grow. Also, if you haven't already, please head on over to our Facebook group. Just search Ohio Mysteries inside Facebook, and you will find us. Now, let's throw another log on the fire, campers. It's time for a new mystery. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder. With us, as always, is our storyteller and journalist who spent 30-plus years telling these kinds of stories with the Akron Beacon Journal, Paula Schleiss.
0: Hi, everybody. If somebody told you they had five husbands die, four of them shot to death, would you think she must be the most unlucky wife to have ever lived? If she added that she also had a son killed by a bullet... Would you see a woman surrounded by pain and tragedy? Or would you wonder if maybe you were staring at a serial killer? Don't be too quick to judge. There are many shades of gray here. But either way, you can see why folks started using the term Black Widow when discussing Betty Johnson. If Betty was responsible for any or all of the violent death around her, She took her secrets to the grave. She died in 2011, awaiting a trial date on charges that she had tried to hire a hitman to do away with husband number four, decades after that husband was believed killed in a home invasion, when three different men, including a former cop and one of Betty's neighbors, came forward to admit she had tried to get them to do the job. It didn't just open one homicide case. It had cops in Ohio, Florida, and Georgia pulling out old death certificates and wondering if they missed something. Betty LaFon Johnson Malone Flynn Sills Gentry Newmar started out as simply Betty Johnson when she was born a coal miner's daughter in Ironton, Ohio in 1931, she grew up in the hard scrabble River town in Lawrence County, across from the West Virginia border. She graduated from South Point High School in 1949, and less than a year later, got married. Husband number one was Clarence Malone. She was 18, he was 19, and Clarence provided for them through his job as a coal truck driver. The marriage quickly proved to be a mistake. Betty accused Clarence of abuse, and they divorced two years later in 1952. Betty came away from that first marriage a mother. Her son Gary was born that same year. We're going to fast forward a little here, because Clarence isn't going to die for another 20 years. He'll remarry twice, then on November 27, 1970, In Brunswick Hills, that's a township in Medina County, he'll be shot in the back of the head outside his auto shop. Because nothing was taken, it didn't appear to be a random robbery, and investigators mused it might have been personal. But 20 years after his divorce from Betty, I mean, there was certainly no reason to look her way. She'd had and lost other husbands by then and lived in another state. Husband number two was James Flynn, another Lawrence County man. Betty married him a year after divorcing Malone, and they got off on the right foot. James adopted Betty's son, Gary, and Gary Malone became Gary Flynn. James and Betty also grew their family, adding a daughter, Peggy. But just two years later, James was dead. When authorities in the future asked Betty what happened to him, her story changed. She said he was shot to death on a pier in New York back in 1955. Another time, she said, he froze to death in a truck. From news stories I read, it didn't seem like anyone could pin down what really happened. Now, widowed for the first time, remember, her first husband won't be killed for years yet, Betty went to beauty school in Jacksonville, Florida, to support herself and her children. But she wasn't alone for long. A year after James Flynn's murder, she tied the knot with husband number three, Richard Sills. He was a Navy Reserve officer. The pair had met in her beauty salon and fell in love. That marriage lasted 11 years. But in 1967, Richard died of a gunshot wound in the bedroom of their mobile home in Big Coppet Key, Florida. Betty said Richard had done it himself. She told police she and her husband had been drinking all day, and when they got home, they argued. She said in the midst of their fight, Sills suddenly produced his revolver, shot himself. Gary and Peggy were 13 and 11 years old at the time and in the next room. They ran to find out what happened and saw their stepfather covered in blood. Gary, in particular, was deeply disturbed by whatever he saw. It affected him the rest of his short life. Now, authorities accepted Betty's explanation of what happened, although years later, It will be revealed the Navy medical examiner found two gunshot wounds in Richard, one in his heart, one in his liver. Despite the questions of how someone could shoot themselves twice, no autopsy had been done. One year later, Betty had a new ring on her finger, this time from Thomas Harold Gentry. Betty had a beauty salon in Key West, Florida, and Harold was there, stationed in the military. This proved to be her longest marriage. It would last 21 years and produce another child, Kelly. Being a career military man, the family moved quite a bit, but Betty's children later told a reporter they had a good childhood. Gentry retired from service in 1976 moved his family to his North Carolina hometown of Norwood, and built a new home. But tragedy was never far from Betty. In November of 1985, her son Gary, by then a 33-year-old married man with stepchildren living in Ohio's Lake County, died of a gunshot wound. It was ruled suicide. By some accounts, Gary's wife blamed Betty though in an unspecified way. One thing that rubbed people the wrong way was that before Gary's death, Betty had talked him into getting a life insurance policy and naming her as the beneficiary. After his death, she collected $10,000. Why would a married man with stepchildren depending on him leave his life insurance to his mother? Nobody was satisfied with the answer. The next violent death in Betty's life came less than a year later. Betty and husband Harold had been together for 18 years. When Harold was found dead in the couple's North Carolina home in 1986, he had been shot multiple times. The house had been ransacked, but there were no signs of forced entry. Betty was out of town at the time, three and a half hours away in Augusta, Georgia, getting her truck repaired. Police had to call her out there to tell her what had happened, and she returned. Immediately, Harold's brother, Al Gentry, became suspicious of his sister in law. She didn't appear to be grieving at all, didn't ask any questions about what had happened to her husband, and to his mind, She spent a lot of time talking about where she was and what she was doing, as if offering an alibi. He also knew his brother had confided in him that his marriage was unstable and probably on its last legs. Betty received a $20,000 life insurance after Harold's death and moved to Augusta, Georgia, where she met husband number five. She and John Newmar wed in 1991. John lived until 2007, when he was found dead from apparent natural causes. But some say Betty had successfully isolated him from his family, from his children. Betty never even called them to let them know he'd died. Newmar's kids had to read his obituary in the newspaper they were doubly shocked to learn that their stepmother had cremated him, as John Newmar had already picked out and paid for a burial plot. There was no official suspicion cast Betty's way at John's death, but that didn't mean there weren't people raising eyebrows. And Al Gentry did more than just raise eyebrows. For more than 20 years, he had been raising his voice begging a North Carolina sheriff to review his brother's still-unsolved home invasion murder with an eye toward Betty. But investigators were always satisfied that her alibi put her hours away. It wasn't until 2008 when a new sheriff in town heard Al Gentry's pleas. After being elected to office, Sheriff Rick Burris met with Al, opened the cold case file, and learned three men had said Betty solicited them for her husband's murder in the weeks before his death. Authorities believed Betty's motive was the $20,000 life insurance policy, something she stood to lose if Al was right and Harold thought his marriage had run its course. In late 2008, Betty... Then a diminutive, 76-year-old, white-haired grandma was arrested at her home in Georgia and extradited to North Carolina. She posted a $300,000 bill and was released to await her trial on three charges of solicitation for murder. That's when investigators started growing curious about the string of dead husbands in her wake. In North Carolina, they seized the ashes of her fifth husband. John Newmar's cause of death was listed as sepsis, but experts said the symptoms he had been experiencing could have been similar to that of arsenic poisoning. So they analyzed the ashes, but couldn't find any remnant of arsenic. There was nothing to link Betty to the other deaths either, In Ohio, husband number one couldn't have seemed more removed from Betty's life when he was shot to death. Husband number two was in another state when he was shot, as far as they could tell. And detectives were satisfied that husband number three and Betty's adult son Gary had both killed themselves. Harold Gentry's death was the only one Betty was being charged with. But Betty was sick. Her trial date was moved repeatedly. And on June 13, 2011, she died in a Louisiana hospital. Her family said it was cancer. She was 79. Her death was not welcome news from any side. Not the family who supported her and believed her claims of innocence, nor the people who thought she had a lot to answer for, Al Gentry said, I'm numb. I wanted justice, and we're not going to get it. While Betty's son-in-law, Terry Sanders, said of Betty and her long, difficult life, she was a tough country girl and fought through a lot of pain.
1: That's it for tonight, listeners. For photos, news clippings, and more on this and every episode, hop on over to our website, ohiomysteries.com, and we will see you Sunday for our next regular full size